0: The silence lengthened and deepened. Elfrin could feel the hot blood mounting from somewhere near her heart, until it had flooded her already flushed cheeks, her palms moistening where they clutched Mara's reins, her heart thudding and blocking her breath. One of the horses let out a long stuttering fart, and Elfrin heard a stifled snigger behind her, but she didn't dare turn to see whether it came from Atholf or one of the stranger boys. Aberhild lifted her staff, and Elfrin braced herself. But her grandmother was only gesturing, not lashing out. Not yet. Atholf, take that animal. You, she stabbed the staff at Elfrin. Come with me. She turned and began stumping her way up the field in the direction of the Donmouth tents, whose bright roof poles and finials were visible above the hedge, never once turning to see whether her orders were being obeyed. Elfrin thrust Mara's reins blindly at Atholf. You knew. You saw her coming. Her breath stuck in her throat. You could have said. Her cousin just smirked. She turned, hot and wet-eyed with anger and humiliation, and hurried after Aberhild. Her grandmother began speaking, as soon as Elfrin fell into step, marking each word with a vicious stab at the turf. You are fifteen years old, she stopped and turned, the sunlight flickering on the gold crosses embroidered on the border of her veil. The Gallic accent that still buzzed around the edges of her grandmother's voice, even after fully fifty years in Northumbria, was stronger than ever when Aberhild was angry. Is this sin or just stupidity? Her eyes were watery, pink-rimmed and folded deep in her wrinkled face. But Alfred knew she missed nothing. I thought you were going to show the world your bare arse. Elfren clapped her hands defensively to her buttocks. You did not. But her grandmother was shaking her head. You have no idea, do you? Look at you. Another stab with the gnarled blackthorn, bringing disgrace. Strangers. She clamped her mouth and breathed in through her nose. Nearly sixteen. Prodeo amor. For the love of God, Elfrin, where is your dignity? In your good blue dress, too, and in the field next to the king's tents. This is absolutely the last time I want to have to say this to you. Aberhild glared at her granddaughter, looking for a sign that her words were getting through to her. Elfrin was a good girl at heart. Aberhild was convinced of that. Never been beaten enough, though, or given the responsibility she needed. Elfren's father had always been too easy on his only surviving child, and since the girl's mother had died. Spoiled, she thought now, looking at the wild hair escaping from what had earlier been neat brown plaits, the spatters of mud across Elfren's wide forehead, her cheeks' hectic flush. A flush begot, Aberhild suspected by excitement rather than shame, and her mouth tightened again. Elfrin bowed her head and bit her lip, doing her best to look remorseful, but there was a smile tugging at the corners of her mouth. Biting back her anger, Abahill turned and started walking up the slope again, her stick thumping into the grass and the keys chinking at her belt, and Elfrin hurried to catch up. She knew fine well her grandmother would want to see compunction and penitence before any reconciliation or absolution could be offered. And she did feel a scruple of genuine shame. But more, much more. She was angry with Atholf for not giving her some warning. It would have been so easy. A wink, a jerk of the head. She dug her nails into her palms. She would get him later. Aberhild never talked about Atholf's dignity. What was that? Did you say something, girl? Sorry, grandmother What? Louder this time. Sorry and somewhere deep